to you, EBO? Yeah, we've got the U.S. economist Harry Dent predicting 2024 will be the biggest crash of our lifetime. He then, you know, went on to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year because, you know, why not be the Grinch? Let's talk to my guest now, former cop, attorney, founder of Blue Line Institute, author of When Cops Kill, Lance LaRusso, no stranger to the show, back now on the live line. Hi, Lance. How you doing? Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. I'm doing okay. You know, we just um, swore in four new police officers in Cape Girardeau. We're still understaffed, but man, is it nice to see people stepping up. You know, it's not only nice to see people step, stepping up. When I see younger folks stepping up, the 21, 23, 30-year-olds, it just tells me that we're going to be just fine. We just need to be patient and stick with the principles that have gotten us to where we are and recognize that there are really good people willing to serve their community. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I love when, when it's young people of every color of the rainbow, of male, female. It, I mean, it's just... People who are called to serve, who have watched what's going on in their community, and they're like, i, I got to do something to stop this. I might as well be part of the solution. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because we've, it's become uh, not only a fad, it's become the norm to complain about everything. I just, it, it, this is where we get this. If I disagree with you, I have to hate you. It's amazing just to recognize communities are built, whether you know your next-door neighbor or not, communities are built by the fact that we have differing opinions, we have different beliefs, different ideal systems, as you said in the outset. Uh, we have different religions, and that can all divide us or can unite us, depending on how we approach uh, each other and different situations that occur. I don't care how my neighbors, uh, I don't care how they live, I don't care what their values are, I don't care if they go to church, I don't care about that, as long as they're good people and they are nice to me i'm nice back i'm a very don't start nothing won't be nothing person but there are a lot of people who just want to start something and we've got a couple of them in the white house i don't know why someone who seems to be as intelligent as jill biden other than what she wears um that they would release a video of people who still want to get rid of cops especially in the places who where they need them the most well, you know, it's it's really kind of interesting, you know, when because uh, several people have asked me about the White House displays and and who they bring to to perform. You know, presidents Sorry. throughout history have brought people to perform at the White House, and you know, there's been controversy here and there. But appearances matter, words matter, how you embrace people matters, and that's where you have to vet the people that you're bringing because you're making a formal statement. You know, throughout history, there's been a a question of whether or not the president would invite the head of XYZ country, because it's not just inviting them to the house to have dinner or a drink. It's, it's recognizing that you're embracing that person. And even if you're not embracing all of their ideals, you're going to give that impression. So sometimes I think that needs to be better thought out. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes you have to know your enemy and sometimes you have to stroke their ego to get them to shut up and sit down for a little while. Sometimes you got to do that too. You know, so I, I understand why they have world leaders who come in who they may not disagree with or 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 agree with but they they still need to be at the table they still need to talk to them but when you start bringing in groups that are inflammatory against police and are inflammatory about peaceful coexistence <laughs> that's a problem for me 
Well, yeah, and, and specifically the White House, too. You know, Washington, D.C., yeah. anybody who's been there, as we say in the South, you can't throw a dead cat without hitting a cop someplace there. <laughs> and, you know, you don't, you don't come to that environment, you don't come to the White House without relying upon hundreds of officers to provide protection and security uh, for the time that you're there and make sure that you can enjoy your time not only in D.C., but also in um, at the White House itself. And this is where some of these sports teams that have bad-mouthed law enforcement, um, they wouldn't have their event. Their insurers would not allow them to have the event that they're using as a platform to stand up against law enforcement if it wasn't for the law enforcement officers that were providing protection. So it's very hypocritical, quite frankly, the vast majority of this all cops are bad. We need to ban police. I've just come to a point, maybe it's because it's Christmas and I'm feeling generous. It's just childish. It is. It is. You know, um, I've been known to get pulled over myself and I don't get combative. I'm not angry that somebody's doing their job. I did something wrong. I rolled down my window and I'm just like, you know what, dude, I am so sorry. If you need to write me a ticket, I get it. But here's what's going on. And this is why I'm flying. You know what I mean? If if you act human, sometimes you will get a different response than, what are you doing? What are you doing? And start screaming and yelling and acting like a fool. Now they have distrust of you and they're not sure if they're going to have to fight for their lives or not. So you get a different reaction. You get a different person. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why, you know, when I wrote Hunting of Men, which is my first novel, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk about how funny cops are and how some of them are uh, different than you would expect. I, I represented a, a SWAT commander, um, the deputy commander of a, of a SWAT team in a metro community, who is an introvert. I mean, the guy goes home at the end of the night and reads books, doesn't watch a lot of TV, doesn't go out and socialize with his friends. And I wanted people to understand what people are like. And, and, and for the traffic stops, again, because it's Christmas, just to let you know what, what cops are like, I had a rule when I was patrolling, and I wrote 1,400 tickets in one year. If I stopped you and you said the reason you were speeding is you were listening to Radar Love, no ticket. You can't drive the <laughs> speed limit to that song. It's physically impossible. Yeah, you can't. There are some, yeah, it's like pour some sugar on me. It's like, you know what? My, my foot just got heavy. I don't know why. All right. but Absolutely. I, I know so many cops, I'm and I'm not even like, I've, I've lost count. I know a lot of cops, and a couple of them are not very nice people, but 99% of them are hilarious. They're funny. I know their wives. I know their kids. I know their families. I know them as just people. If I need something, they're the first ones to show up. If I am broke down on a highway and I can't reach my family, I can call one of them, and they'll send somebody to help me. I mean, they are good People, they are genuinely salt of the earth people who go to church and are just like you. They just happen to have a badge and believe in service. So I wish people would would take that label off of them. That gets put there by the bad guys who don't want to go to jail for what they did. Yeah, and the bottom line is they they're willing to put their lives on the line for strangers, some of mm-hmm. whom don't even like them, but. You know, and it's interesting that uh, two comments on that. One is look at the younger folks that are getting into law enforcement. Even despite what everything is being said, they still want to serve their communities. And not, you know, to wear the uniform, but just recognizing that their communities are something worth serving. And when you talk about holding bad guys accountable, a lot of times law enforcement officers are the first people to ever tell somebody with a criminal bent of their mind the word no. They mm-hmm. stopped them from doing whatever they wanted to do, and they told them, you're not going to do that in this 
town, city, county, state, whatever. And that's one of the reasons why you have a lot of people just upset. And, you know, it's, it's not about you. You know, you got stopped on a traffic stop. You don't know why the officer stopped you. And people say, well, I was driving the speed limit. Maybe that's not why they stopped you. I got stopped about three weeks ago because one of the headlights was out in my truck. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he stopped me. Because of the, the other lights that are on the truck, I had no way of knowing my headlight was out. He stopped me. He realized that was it. He realized that I wasn't drinking. Told me to get it fixed, and I went about my way. Right, and that's usually how it goes if you don't act fool. Now, the people I, I just I talked to a young man just the other day who said he, he he didn't get I don't I don't even know his name. He's a young black kid, and he said I want to be a cop when I grow up because I'm tired of watching people bully people in my neighborhood because no cops come around. And I said, why don't any cops come around? And he said because nobody will talk to them when they do come around. And so we need to look at that as a as a cultural problem, if that's what it is, because we want cops want to help in those situations, but they can't fix something if no one will talk to them. Yeah, the the defund the police movement and some of the anti law enforcement movements have really hurt people in crime ridden communities, poor communities. What's really happened is the the folks that need their help in those communities are either unwilling to talk to them in public or not able to get the benefit of their presence because they're not able to assist. And I can't tell you how many times I've talked to homicide investigators who have said, you know, we go to a scene, there's a a dead 16 or 17-year-old laying there, and nobody saw anything. Well, how can you help? How can you expect us to walk in and solve this crime if you won't say anything? But those some of those folks are the same people saying the police don't care about our communities because they're not doing anything. Yeah, drives me crazy. So can't why have it both ways. You can't. And and it especially for the people who are saying stop the violence, stop this, stop that. Um then teach your children to respect authority and and that's for everybody in every neighborhood, not just one culture. That's everybody because I see it in all aspects of life. Teach your children to respect authority from your teacher to your priest to your law enforcement officer across the board. Teach them, your parent, everybody. But why do we have political leaders where cities are just, like, infested with crime still calling for a deep funding of the police? It doesn't make sense. Well, I think some of it is, you know, it's a, it's a principle. If you surround yourself with people who agree with you, you'll never know when you're wrong. Oh, and sure. if you listen to some of these folks, I, I don't even like the term echo chamber because it, it, it implies that you're alone in a room yelling to yourself. You literally are surrounding yourself with people who will not challenge your beliefs. And we're seeing this in Oakland with some community leaders stepping out and saying, hey, you need to stop this defund the police movement. It's getting people in poor communities hurt and killed, which is exactly, you and I talked about this several, Mm -hmm. well over a year ago. The the law enforcement were the ones saying, if you start cutting budgets, the people who are going to be disadvantaged are people in poor communities and crime-ridden communities, the people who are living behind gates in, in big high-rise uh, apartment complexes are not going to have the same problems. And now in Oakland, at least, they're screaming to their leaders, you need to do something. And I think yeah. you're going to start seeing more of that. Well, and how serious is the problem? Because I know we have a hard time getting police to stay because surrounding entities might offer more money. I think we're working on changing that right now. But, you know, they don't get paid a whole lot. And people who are called to serve, sure, they want to serve, but they also want to be able to pay their bills and have kids. 
Yeah, and, and what's interesting, too, there's a lot of people who have come up with um, better ways to attract officers and keep veteran officers. And it, it's kind of hard to imagine this right now. But about 15 years ago, law enforcement pensions were uh, under attack. And people saying, well, why should an officer, you know, have a, a, a defined benefits program? Why should they have a pension? I don't have one in my community. Well, that's because most cops don't leave t- live 10 years after they retire because of the stress that their body goes through and the abuse their body takes. So a lot of the uh, retirement programs need to get better. One community that I know wanted to attract law enforcement. It's a very affluent community. They knew officers probably could not afford to live in the community. So the city found a way to pay for the Little League um, youth programs and things like that free for officers who were there. They also got the memberships to 24-hour fitness centers. So they could work out without taking that, you know, $100 out of their paycheck every month to go work out. So there's plenty of ways to attract them, but what you'll find out is that the officers, as you said, they have to pay their bills, but they're generally not money-focused, and that's where a lot of folks can't understand. Why would anybody go into this job? They pay fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year after they've been there a couple of years, or it takes forever to make decent money. They're clearly not motivated by money, and until we recognize that they're motivated by something that's a higher calling and a higher purpose, and that needs to be rewarded. A lot of communities are going to have problems with cops leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, the demonization of them has to stop. I've I've been harping about this pretty much my entire career, saying it's got to stop, it's got to stop, and it just keeps getting worse anytime. It, it And I'm just going to say it, uh, Obama saying that police acted stupidly before he knew diddly squat about the situation didn't help anything. And if ever there was a race-baiting president, it's sad that it had to be the first mixed-race president we've ever had. So, I, you know, kudos to him for starting a really big upheaval in this situation that we have. But I do hope that it catches on, that they deserve the love and respect of the communities, and we do have more people signing up. I'll give you the last minute we have to say whatever you want to say, Lance. Well, I appreciate that. And I just tell people right now, everybody's working hard to try to get things done so they can have next week off or they can have Monday off or they can spend some time traveling with their holidays. Remember, 24 hours a day, nonstop, there's somebody in the 911 center ready to take your call. There's a police officer and firefighter ready to come to your aid. They don't know you. You may not like them. But pray for them, and when you see them, thank them, and thank God they're there every day. Yeah, and remember, if they've arrested you before, they'll still come help you. There's that. That's true. Lance LaRusso, former cop. He's attorney, founder of the Blue Line Institute, author of When Cops Kill. All of your books available on Amazon? Yes. Awesome. Everybody go get them. Lance LaRusso, look up Blue Line Institute. You can donate. You can do whatever you'd like to do to help him help fight for the Thin Blue Line. Thank you, Lance. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Merry Christmas, dude.